Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to 100 Foot Jesus, episode number 18. Um, I, as always, am your host, Matt, and uh, we're having a snow day over here where we live. Um, Kids are home, so if you hear any fun noises, that's one of my four children doing stuff. Uh, Those of you guys who are parents kind of know how that works. Once you get on the phone, your kids are never louder, never need you more for stuff and all that kind of thing. Um, And that's true in the Hafer household as well. So anyway, um, today is is an episode. You know, I I noticed most of our episodes, by the way, sidebar, um, I say this is a little bit different episode um, because we try to do different types of episodes. Uh, Today, um, I'm actually going to talk a lot about um, you. And I'm actually going to talk a lot about Jesus. So um, (laughs) let's talk about you for a minute. Like like the person listening to this yourself, whatever time of day, whatever day of the week this is. Um, We don't always put forth who we are plainly. Like a a confession for you. I'm one that I've struggled with depression and anxiety over the course of my life. And one of the things that we worked out when I saw a Christian counselor, um, when I just reflect on who I am, is one thing that leads to depression for me. And by the way, I know you're going to make fun of me when I say this, or at least be like, "Eh, what Um, is Facebook? Scrolling Facebook typically makes me feel really depressed. It does. Now, it's not for the reason that uh, you may be thinking. You may be thinking I compare myself to other people, like this guy's church is way bigger than mine, or this person does more vacations than me, stuff like that. Um, that's actually not what makes me struggle with anxiety or depression when I'm on Facebook. The things that make me struggle with anxiety and or depression on Facebook is the fact that um, people I know and love, they put forth a persona of who they am, but that's not really who they are. Like you kind of, you kind of pretend to be something you're not like you want, like in person, you're a really natural, normal, um, just down to earth, loving person. But on Facebook, you try to be more intellectual than people. Um, on Facebook, people that are just so normal and you love to talk to about their life and their family and their God, they are the most hate mongering, um, fake story sharing political advisors I have like constantly like there's guys it, it, Facebook the past like week has been insufferable with just impeachment hearings and with uh, with with the big speech that the president made the other night with the State of the Union and all that kind of stuff it's just been insufferable about people having defending comments on a bunch of folks that are rich politicians that okay you're gonna hate me for this you guys may unsubscribe when i say this um these politicians don't really care about you (laughs) like there's a reason why everyone who gets to the white house is a millionaire or billionaire i mean it's not regular folks like you they you have to compromise step on other people as you get there if you're a huge obama guy cool if you're a huge trump guy bush reagan whoever understand that these are not people that are there to care about you specifically like they will change their stance within a day like i know that our current president is known as the most pro-life president but last time he ran for an election he was pro-choice like 
he was like he was he thought abortion was a fine choice <laughs> and not just in those rare occasions i mean but 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 he is but he's on you know team pro-life now and that's dope dude but just saying it's not that these folks necessarily care about you but you will lose friends and family and everybody over your violent and i mean violent opinions about these things facebook bugs me because we put forth a person that i don't think is really us sometimes it takes this vulnerability in us to to share who we really are like um look at the garden of eden which we'll be talking about the garden of eden quite a bit on this podcast because i think it's the secret to almost everything but you look at it and in the beginning you had you know god creates the world he has adam and then he has eve and they shared everything in common they they were in communion with god all the time they went for walks with god um they were both butt naked <laughs> but they felt no shame like there was no shame in them and you guys know like you know nudity um apart from being you know any anything perverted here it involves shame like you don't want to be that way around people because it exposes every bit of you like it's like some of you guys beach seasons coming up and you're freaking out because you're like oh man i gotta stay in my underpants on the side of a beach and um and then and then people are going to see what my body really looks like but these two felt no shame around one another then sin enters the world and shame happens and then what's the first thing they do after they sin god says where are you and they are hiding from god we hide that's what we do once sin enters the world we're not honest about who we are we don't want to be honest about who we are if you ever been in a small group and you ask big questions like how's your marriage how's your how's your relationships how's your bible study time all that kind of stuff nobody wants to say so why because we want to hide who we are at all costs we we want to be guarded we don't want people to know who we are today we're going to talk about um a controversial figure, but maybe the most controversial figure in all of literature and history and space and time, Jesus Christ. There's a lot of confusion about who Jesus is among people. Um, some people want to say Jesus is a hippie, and he's a hippie, he's a big liberal hippie that just wanted to play with little kids. and. And, and, if, and, and I know a lot of people that they don't follow Jesus really, but they, they say, I'm not religious, but I love Jesus. I love his style, to love everyone, not to judge people, and and all those, those kind of people. And some people say that's who he is. Well, obviously, if you're a student of the Bible, that's not who Jesus is. I mean, Jesus divided <laughs> like he really did. He, he said he's going to sort us someday between the wicked and 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 the the chosen like he's going to sort us he returns on a white horse you know like a with a big old tattoo on his thigh with a sword like he he's he's a divider of people um he was extremely harsh to the religious and the non-religious people say he loves sinners yeah and every time he told them to leave their life of sin like if i said that to you you'd be upset but jesus did it um, so he's not really a hippie. Some people say he's this hardcore gun loving person, you know, all these kind of things, you know, that he's that he's as Republican as I'm Republican, basically, is what we think. But the issue with that is, no, he wasn't. I mean, Jesus lived his life very much of a pacifist. Jesus lived his life very much of uh, loving those who are less fortunate. So you can't really put him in the Democrat or Republican um like sidebar you you can't you can't throw him on an aisle and say he agrees with everything they say 
Jesus had a very different stance on war than both parties do. I think we'd all agree with that. So he's not necessarily who people say he is. I had a conversation not too long ago with somebody I know that loves the Bible, loves Jesus, that made a claim that really appalled me. <laughs> but he, um, this this individual said, well, Jesus never actually claimed to be God. Like, he left that as a little bit of a secret, which by the way, in a way, sort of, because like, um, when someone found out that he did these huge miracles and stuff, Jesus is like, okay, listen, don't tell anybody, but he knew they were going to tell people, but he said, don't tell anybody because my time has not yet come. Right. When, um, when he does the miracle of water into wine, again, some of you, the most conservatives among you, um, are appalled that Jesus turned water into wine. Yes, it really was wine. It wasn't grape juice. Sorry, Welch's folks. But, but when he does that, that appalls some of you because you're like, but wait a minute, but Jesus wouldn't do that. But when he does that, his his mom says, hey, you need, you, can you do this for us? And he says, my time has not yet come. He didn't want people to get a big buzz about who he was yet. And and some of you guys think he's like a magician, like he performed miracles. But as you may know, um, in the Gospel of John, at least, the word miracles should be translated as signs because he's giving signs that, hey, God is here. The kingdom of God is being established. Here is a sign to it. I'm going to turn this person who was once blind now can see. So Jesus never made a secret about who he was. When he goes to be arrested, um, they say, you know, who is this? You know, who who sent you? And he said, I am. Right. He's he's referring to himself as the son of God. He says the words I am. And it says people kind of took a step back because they're like, wait a minute. Is he claiming to be who he says he is? So. Um, the question is, not only when he reveals himself to the woman at the well, when, it, when she talks about the Messiah in the Gospel of John, and she says the Messiah will come, and he says, I am he, he claims to be the Messiah at that point. Again, another time where he claims to be God in the flesh, absolutely. But how early does Jesus claim to be God? Because how you view Jesus is one thing, but how did he view himself? And did he make it plain about who he was very early on? He did. Um, so we're going to do a bit of a Bible study right now. So where you're sitting, um, if you could turn your Bible to Luke chapter four, uh, we're going to go with verse 14 to start with. Um, Luke chapter 4. I'm going to read from the NIV because I'm a straight 90s youth pastor over here. Um, you can read from whatever the heck you want, but we're going to do NIV. So um, at this point, as you'll see probably earlier in your chapter, Jesus is tempted in the desert by the devil. When it says devil, it doesn't mean a mean person. It doesn't mean a ghoul of some sort. It doesn't mean a, a bad vibes. I actually heard a cool preacher one time say, oh, the devil's not real. It's actually bad intentions and bad vibes Jesus was battling with. So you're saying for 40 days, a month and a half, Jesus is in the desert battling with bad vibes. Okay. Um, but no, so he's out there with the devil and the devil tempts him with everything you could ever want. He says like, hey, I'll give you all the things of this world. Um, I'll, I'll do any of this kind of stuff. You're hungry, turn that rock into bread. Like he tempts him with every little thing you might ever want. Like, that's what he's tempting him with right now. He's giving every temptation. And Jesus, every time, just calls on Scripture. And he says, I'm not going to put the Lord to the test. And and then the devil leaves him, and he's being tended to by the angels and all that kind of thing. So, what is next here? Um, so, Jesus. Now, understand, this is before Jesus calls one disciple to him. Like, he doesn't have one disciple that's with him yet. 
Um, this is before he performed his first sign or his first miracle. This is before Jesus actually starts his ministry, from what we understand, because he doesn't really start his ministry until right after this, if we line up the dates and things like that from the Gospels out. But Jesus makes an appearance at a synagogue, which is basically church. Um, if you're Jewish, you understand what a synagogue is better. Uh, we understand that it's like church. Basically, it's like the religious scribes are there, all the people that understand, okay, this is who Jesus, I mean, sorry, this is who God is. This is who God of the Old Testament is, or to them, it would just be the scriptures. Um, and Jesus shows up. This is Luke chapter four. Jesus walks in and I believe here he makes it appallingly clear about who he is. Let's read together. Uh, verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. So he had been teaching, and everybody's been hearing about him. These guys see him. Um, he was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. They were freaking out by how well he understood the scriptures. Just like he did when he was 12, by the way. Um, verse 16. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. So on the Sabbath, he walks in where all the religious people are. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found a place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant. That's like little like an intern guy in the synagogue and sat down. His The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. Everyone is staring a hole through him. And he began by saying to them, Today the scripture is filled, fulfilled in your hearing. So, let's check the order of events. Jesus is baptized by John. He's tempted in the desert for about a month and a half. He's traveling to teach. He's building this reputation as an amazing teacher, an all-around good guy. And these people want to hear who he is. Then he walks into this place, and it's a wall full of scrolls. Um, this wall was filled with the Old Testament. Now, um, this is kind of how it was. Like you have a bound book of 66 books called the Bible, or maybe it's digitally on your version app or, or whatever app you use. Here in a synagogue, they would have a wall full of scrolls and it would just have, it would be marked with the different names of the different books. And um, this one, he walks in and he wants the book of Isaiah. So the, the attendant hands him the book of Isaiah. Now, if you know much about the book of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah is prophecy. Um, the book of Isaiah has a lot to say about one day a savior will come into the world. And a big theme of Isaiah, not only is the nation of Israel and all things like that, is one day a, a savior will come into the world. The scripture that Jesus reads is very clearly about the Messiah. Jesus walks over. Now he takes this huge scroll, which is the book of Isaiah. And imagine this. He unrolls it on the table. And then you can kind of see him scanning with his finger the exact passage he wants. And everyone's kind of staring at him. Like, what's he doing? What's he doing? And then he searches it and he finds the passage. And when he reads the passage... First of all, he uses the word me here, again, making it very clear who he is. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is on me 
because he has anointed me. And then why? He says, to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone were fastened on him. Now, these religious leaders in the room, they would be staring a hole through him saying, what the heck are you doing? Like that's the, wait, he has this reputation, all this buildup. And before he does anything in his ministry, he walks around the religious elite. He reads a prophecy about himself and they are all just staring a hole through him and he sets it down. Now, I like to think he took a while and he just sat there in silence because if you notice different times in the Bible, Jesus just lets silence and tension build. It's like he's very slow to speak <laughs> and he lets silence and tension build and they're pretty upset with him. Now, the next section is where it talk is the story follows. It talks about how he's not welcome in his own hometown. That's what Jesus says. But either way, people are the 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 tension is really building. So Jesus is basically sitting there saying, you guys have been waiting on a Messiah all these years. You're looking right at him. I am he, is what he's telling the religious elite. Some scholars believe this event is ultimately what caused them to want to kill him later for claiming to be the son of God. This is the event. Now, some believe that people, the Jews believed that the Messiah was not going to be a son of God. They, some believe that the Messiah was just going to be the one who took down the bad empire or whatever. But Jesus reteaches this and, re, and reinterprets what the Old Testament says through his life. And that, that's another episode altogether. But he gives the mission statement for what he's going to be, not only with his prophecy. He says this, he says, um, he says, you know, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. Who's he? The father, the father has anointed him. If you know much about a, a, a new king, he gets anointed with oil by the people who are vested to get to do that that he says God did that to him. And then he says to proclaim the good news to the poor. Now, those of you who believe Jesus is nothing more than a social justice figure, and you think, well, Jesus talked a lot about the poor and things like that. He did. However, I believe and many believe that right here when he says the poor, he means the poor in spirit. And he gives them what they ultimately need, the poor. Like, um, like he doesn't always give us exactly what we we ask for, he gives us what we need. Like, um, what are, what's the good news the poor want to hear? If you around someone who's, a, who's completely poor, if you walk up to them and think, dude, you know what the best news I could tell them is, Hey, guess what? The trailer for the new Marvel movie came out An extremely poor person's like, that's not really good news. Or what if you walk up to an extremely poor person and go, dude, guess what? I just got a raise. Not really the news they want to hear. <laughs> I think the best news that you can tell a poor person with authority is, you're not really poor. You have everything you need. That's the message Jesus constantly gives to the poor. He tells us to care for them. And when he's with the poor, he says, you have everything you need in me, in the Father. Like you have all you need. That's the good news he proclaims to the poor, not financial betterment ideas, not better ways to budget, although scripture kind of points to that. He says, hey, I'm all you need. Then he says, sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners. 
when he says freedom to the prisoners. Now, we don't know of a lot of prison ministry that Jesus did. Like prison ministry is a huge thing today and it should be, but we don't know about that. But when he's talking about prisoners, again, I believe in scholars for centuries have believed that he's talking about freedom from the prisoners of addiction, freedom of prisoners from their own pride, people that can't get out of their own way sometimes, um, prisoners in bad relationships, prisoners in anything that keeps you locked up and bound from following God. He says, I'm going to proclaim freedom to them. Again, if you're going to talk to a prisoner, you probably don't want to hear, hey, there's a new trailer for this movie or, hey, guess how free I am. But instead, he's like, you're not really a prisoner. You're free. And who the son sets free is free indeed, as Jesus says. So therefore, he proclaims freedom to the prisoners. Then he says, um, recovery from of sight to the blind. He does that a lot, but scripture also points to another kind of blindness, right? Like you don't even see at all. And then one day you see the world for what it really is when you come to Christ fully. Um, he says the oppressed free. The oppressed could be those who are who are downtrodden, like these guys who are who are being struck down by the Roman Empire. But again, oppression, oppression, the basis for oppression is what? Sin. And he takes you free from that. And then he says in verse 19 to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Um, if you guys know much about that, it's um, this is a thing called Jubilee. Jubilee is an amazing year for the Jew because it's the time of just forgiveness, forgiveness of debt, forget like you make up with people during the year of Jubilee, like Jubilee is a big deal. And so Jesus says, Hey, listen, like I'm coming to bring the year of Jubilee for everybody. He's saying, I'm going to end all of this, all this issues that the world has ever had. I am going to cancel those debts. He's going to go to the cross and he's going to hit a reset button for your relationship with the Lord. It's not going to be about animal sacrifices, anything like that. It's going to be about following him, trusting him, loving him, accepting him. That's what it's going to be about. It's not about asking him into your heart. It's about making him in charge of your life and trusting he took away your sin, past, present, and future. That's what he's proclaiming is going to be. Now, he says this, and here's what I want you to understand. He says these things to these people, and he's proclaiming, listen, I'm the Messiah. I have come, and they are not happy about it, as you'll see later on in this, in this chapter. But, he, but this is his ultimate mission statement, he's saying, and he's saying he does this. If you read the book of Acts, these things that he says he's going to do is exactly what the church does going forward for a very long time. Talk about getting people oppressed and not be oppressed anymore. Talking about people that are spiritually blind to be not not spiritually blind anymore. Good news to the poor, the prisoners. Um, all these things. This is what the church becomes because they understand who Jesus says he is. He says he does these things. He calls, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one gets through the Father before me. He gives the power to him. Like um, some of you are more from the Catholic tradition and you believe in things like purgatory because you say sin cannot enter heaven. And you're right. If the sin was up to you, it's not. It's up to Jesus giving you his righteousness. So therefore, so therefore, it's a heaven or hell afterlife because either Jesus placed all of his righteousness and took your sin or he didn't. It's one of two options. So therefore, it's not about your power. 
like I, I get that way sometimes. Like if I have a bad attendance night in youth ministry or Sundays or whatever, I think, okay, what if I do this? What if I create this logo, this video, this campaign? What if I do this? Then the church will succeed. More people will get saved if I do this, this, and this. But then I have Jesus saying, no, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. He says, he proclaims these things. He does this, he does this, he does this. And all of a sudden, religion in our context becomes so man-centered. Kanye West becomes a Christian. And I hear people things like say things like, man, the church is hurting, but oh good, we got Kanye, we back. Uh, Patrick Mahomes talks about Jesus, even though he's living with his girlfriend and most of his life does not look like that of a follower of Jesus. But if he mentions Jesus on a podium, we freak out and say, look how popular the church is. Super Bowl winning quarterback likes Jesus. Therefore, we good. We good. Like we think it's all up to us. We think we think all this is up to us. But Jesus makes it clear about who he is from the get-go. He doesn't hide it. So what is your opinion of Jesus and where did you get it? (laughs) Where did you get your opinion from Jesus? Did you get it from your pastor? Did you get it from your Sunday school teacher? Did you get it from me? (laughs) Or did you get it from an active prayer life to Christ? Did you get it from an active studying the Bible on your own life to Christ? Why do we hide who we are? If God knows exactly who we are, if God knows your strengths, your weaknesses, all these things like that, why do you have to hide it from us? Like, why can't you just put put yourself out there, be as vulnerable as possible and say, this is exactly who I am. This is what I need to repent of. This is what I need to be better at. Guys, don't you think the church would be in a better shape if we realize it all relies on God anyway? And let's just be real who we are. And that is authentic community. That is realistic like wouldn't you love just to be real with people like wouldn't you love when prayer requests go around guys for one of you just to say hey um i can't stop looking at porn uh can you pray me up and help me wouldn't you love just to be able to do that or when you're in like when you're around hey we need prayer requests instead of talking about your aunt's big toe what, what if you said guys my marriage is failing and i don't know how to lead my wife and honestly i don't have the energy to want to Like, what if you were that realistic with with people? Because Jesus comes forth. He says, this is exactly who I am. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I think of you. (laughs) And he just goes with it. And it's up to you to accept him or not. It's up to you. Ball's in your court. That's how it works. So anyway, guys, um, that was our episode for this week. We are giving out some 100-foot Jesus stickers. We have a whole bunch of them, and they're free. All you got to do is ask for one. Uh, We've passed out several so far. All you got to do is ask for one, and it's yours. They're pretty nice. Um, They come from Sticker Mule, which is a great sticker company. If you want one, just go ahead. Um, As always, leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you could. Um, If we've earned five stars, please award us that with a paragraph of some sort. And anyway, I hope you guys have a great week and look forward to talking to you soon.